This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Well, today we are talking about a culture of godly leadership. This is the ninth of ten markers of a healthy missional church. Uh, we've been going through this series during the summer, now into the fall. I want to start with a story. When Lori and I were new to Sacramento, we were working with Prison Fellowship. And I and I had the privilege of working for a very godly leader, a man by the name of Chuck Colson. Anybody familiar with, with him? Um, yeah, he was uh, quite a man, uh, author, speaker, leader, uh, had a huge influence, especially in the area of uh, prison ministry and in criminal justice reform. I had a privilege of working in his organization, and the, the times I worked with him, uh, I just consider that to have been a privilege. And, and actually, I consider him a mentor and very influential in my life. So we were there in Sacramento, having moved from Los Angeles. Uh, we didn't know anyone in Sacramento, but very early we met a, a few people, and we were invited to a dinner party at somebody's house. And we, we got to the party, and as we walked in, it seemed like everyone there was familiar with one another, and Lori and I, of course, were new to the group, and, and they went around and they introduced themselves, and then uh, they had a group discussion uh, about Gloria Day, uh, and each person went around and talked about Gloria Day, and and how Gloria Day had impacted their life, and, and some people had really positive things to say about Gloria Day, and, and other people had some some difficult things to say. They'd been hurt by Gloria Day. And, and we're listening to all these people talk about Gloria Day. And uh, just assuming, wow, this Gloria Day has had a profound impact on these people's lives. I wonder why they're talking about her. And uh, Lori, uh, you know, I'm trying to just kind of go with the flow. I don't want to let on that I'm not sure who they're talking about. But Lori says, can I ask a question? Now look at her. And uh, they say, yes. Who's this Gloria Day? And uh, it turned out it was their church. It was called Gloria Day Lutheran Church. And uh, they all, they, Lori thought it was a person. Uh, I didn't admit it, but so did I. And uh, they were talking about how this church had had such a profound impact on their lives, and they were a part of that faith community, and and they were celebrating and yet lamenting their experiences there. It was a quite an introduction to this group of people. But what it reminds me of is is how churches can have a profound impact on our lives when we become a part of a faith community. Uh, we join together as we pursue Christ and His priorities in the world. And, and lo and behold, we're going to experience as a part of that, that family, that expression of the body of Christ, we're going to experience relational highs. We're going to experience tension. We're going to have to work through and resolve conflict. Everything that's common in human relationships we find in the church. The difference is, of course, that we have Christ in us. And so how we relate to one another. Uh, what we do is informed by the reality that Christ is alive and the Holy Spirit lives in us. Uh, this morning, I want to talk to you about the tale of two churches. 
Now, they're, they're similar in many ways, but there are some differences, and we'll talk about that. But I think it's uh, instructive for us, and I think that we'll find, as we talk about these two churches, um, that what we'll learn applies to Community Covenant, who we are today in the context of Eagle River, Alaska. So are you ready? Let's talk about the first church. The first church uh, was, was a house church. In fact, we're not quite sure if it was one house church or, or several. And, and, and this church um, was in and around uh, the city of Rome. And the believers in this church, uh, most of them were converts from Judaism to Christianity. Okay? Now, they weren't all Jewish in origin. There were, there were some Gentile or non-Jews who had been God-fearers, who had been around the synagogue, who had, had learned about God and, and heard about God and been taught the Old Testament. Uh, some of them were still hanging around this community of, of new converts to Jesus. Uh, some of those God-fearers became converts to Judaism and then to Jesus. But you had a very strong Jewish influence in this church as they were working out their, their newfound faith in Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things that was beginning to happen in the culture and the context of Rome in the, in uh, about 65 or so, uh, in the first century was that, um, Christians who had formerly been associated with Judaism, right? Just a, a sect of Judaism were now being identified in the empire as a, as a standalone faith separate from the Jewish faith. And, and with that, brought persecution, uh, brought troubles. And these people in this house church, they were struggling to hold on to their faith. And, and, and there was lots of change internally that, that was a result of what was happening in the, in the community around them, pressing in on them. And, and, and there had been change of leadership. In fact, many of the leaders who had helped found the church uh, in this case, had died or had moved on. There may have been a few left, uh, but you had a, a faithful remnant of people in this house church that were just trying to work out how their faith fit in the context of, of Rome. And there's a letter written to these people. Uh, you may be familiar with this called Hebrews. Are you familiar with the, the book of Hebrews? What well, was written specifically to this church. And, and the passage that we're going to look at today, Hebrews 13, 7 through 8, comes from that letter. I'm going to read that. You can read it uh, silently as I read it aloud. It's on the screen. It says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. Now, chapter 13 comes at the close of this letter, and chapter 13, verses 1 through 6, just gives some exhortations and, and how to live out Christianity in a very practical way. And so you read that, but then as you get to seven, uh, verse 7 and following through 17, now what you have is some teaching on a culture of godly leadership, Okay? And what that looks like and how that should work and, and how people in the church should relate to the leaders and leaders relate to them. And so this is what we're seeing here. 
And it's important that there are three things that we're going to see in this verse that are, that are very important. And really, it is a, what is characteristics of godly leadership and how godly leadership should model each of these three things. What we're going to find in this verse is, number one, character. Number two, competence. And number three, conviction. Let's look at this for these three things. Number one, remember your leaders. Remember them. Now, now who are they speaking to? They're speaking to this group of people, calling them to remember the leadership in their house church, those who were instrumental in forming that church, who who led them uh, in their newfound faith in Jesus Christ. Remember them. Now, a lot of scholars think that most of these people have, have since left or have died. That's why we want you to look back and, and to remember them. Now, why do you want to remember them? Well, you want to remember them because they spoke the Word of God to you. And so what you want to do is you want to remember them, and you want to remember what they spoke to you, what they taught you concerning your Christian faith. That is the Gospel. That is what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Now, those whose faith had been challenged by the empire, those who were beginning to experience persecution as Christianity was seen as a standalone faith, it would have been important to them to to look back and remember their leaders and to remember what their leaders had taught them so that they could be anchored, especially during the present time, in, in, in the gospel, in the foundational teachings of who Jesus is and what that means. And now it says this, not only remember them, Remember what they taught you, but consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Looking back, remember what they taught you. Now, remember I said that one of the great expressions of God's leadership is what? Character. These were leaders whose lives reflected the teaching of the gospel. So there was a consistency with the word that they taught and the actions in how they lived. They were not just hearers of the word. What were they? They were also doers of the word. And so we want to remember them. We want to remember what they taught us. And we want to do what? We want to imitate them. So their character is grounded in the word of God. And it's worthy that we would imitate them. Now, to this group of people, it would be especially important during this time that they would remember, be reminded, and imitate, and first and foremost, imitate their character. But also imitate their competence as people who were followers of Jesus. Their leaders were competent in the Word of God. They could rightly divide the Word of truth. They knew how to apply it to their lives in any and all situations. And so there was character, but there was also competence in living with Christ. And then finally, there was conviction. They lived lives of conviction. They were serious about their faith. They were serious about imparting it to others. They understood that they were a part of that great cloud of witness that that the author talks about in Hebrews chapter 11. That, that their lives really are a continuation of, of the list of people that are listed in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And they were cognizant of the fact that what they had, they were to pass on and give to others. And, and that was the core, the beginning of this church. 
And so the author of Hebrews is speaking back and saying, remember them. And in particular, as you remember their character, you remember their competence as people who could rightly divide the word of truth and withstand the pressure, the false teaching, the temptation coming from the outside in, the persecution. They were competent, but remember, they lived with conviction. They didn't shrink. They didn't turn back, and neither should you. That's what the author is saying through these words. And it's really important to look at the second part here, who spoke the Word of God to you, because that really is connected to the last part, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What do I mean by that? It's this. That as they spoke the Word of God, who do they speak about? Jesus. And the Jesus that these initial leaders in this church talked about is the same Jesus that was present in the church right now. In other words, he was saying, listen, the leaders who spoke the Word of God to you, well, they spoke about Jesus. And that Jesus that they committed to you, the the Jesus that they preached, the gospel of Jesus Christ that, that is the anchor of your faith, that Jesus is preeminent. He was involved in the creation of the heavens and earth just as He was involved in the creation of this church. And not only that, He's still present and active and working You can count on that because He's the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He is the same forever. The One who who holds all creation together. The One who sits in an exalted place at the right hand of God to intercede and make intercession on behalf of His people. The One who will come again. That One, Jesus the one who your leaders taught you about. He's not left this place. His work continues. He's with us now. You can count on Him. Don't forget that. Everything we are, everything we aspire to be, has as its foundation our relationship with Jesus Christ. And while the situation in this church in Rome, this group of of Jewish converts... While the condition in the church changed, while the leadership changed, while some of the stresses and pressures they were experiencing from the outside in changed, internal change, external change, guess what was constant and consistent? Jesus. The same Jesus that was involved in the founding of that church was the same Jesus that was there to lead them and guide them in the present and in the future. Right? And that their leadership was godly leadership that he had looked upon and commended leaders who had character, leaders who had competence, leaders who had conviction. If I were to distill that verse from the perspective of a spiritual leader, it would be this. Follow me as I follow who? Jesus. John Piper, follow me as I follow Jesus. 
I think that's what every godly leader would want to be able to say to those that he leads or she leads. Follow me as I follow Jesus. John Piper says this. Love this quote. God made us who we are to show the world who he is. God made us who we are that we might show the world who he is. I love how the Apostle Paul speaks about that. He's aware of that. Here's a few verses that you really see the importance of of what it means to, to model as a godly leader, character, competence, and conviction. 1 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17. He writes, Therefore I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I have sent you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach every, uh, everywhere in every church. Then Philippians 3.17, 4 through 9. Uh, 3.17 and 4, 9. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And then finally, 2 Timothy 2.2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses... In trust to reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. Do you see in the, in the writings of the Apostle Paul the importance of godly leadership? Of leadership that, that expresses and models character, competence, and conviction. Can you see that? So the first church is the church that the author of Hebrews is writing to. Now, I want to tell you about a second church. It's a church that was started around 17 years ago in a place called Alaska. In fact, it was started in a place called Eagle River, Alaska. And it was started with a core and a foundation of very godly leaders. In fact, if you ever walk up into the staff office, you'll see on the hallway the church charter. And uh, I look at that every day that I come to church on the way to my office. And that reminds me of the godly legacy and the heritage of godly leadership of men and women who led this church, who started this church, who are instrumental in what we enjoy today. And like the author of Hebrews says to his recipients, So I would say to you, remember your leaders. Now, some of them are still here with us. When you talk about people that you want to imitate, you know what? I grow up, I want to be like Ralph. When Lori and I have been married, when we're out of our newlywed stage, I want to be like Ralph and and, and Gert, right? That's worthy of imitation. People of faith who who are instrumental. Or Lil and Hank, okay? These are people who from the beginning along with Pastor Mark and others, some of you that are still here, had a vision and a heart for this church that was grounded in what? The Word of God. The Word of God. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? 
And that their lives, their model, their example, and all that came after them that have helped make this church what it is today are worthy of our imitation. Okay? Now, as a church, in the last two years, there has been lots of change. There, there have been staff people that have left and, and currently are getting ready to leave. There has been uh, wonderful military families that have come and gone and some have come back. But, but we're no stranger to changing demographic as a church, are we? And, and those on staff who have recently left and those who will leave are leaders of good character. But there's no scandal. There's nothing to read between the lines. That we understand as a church that God is constantly moving people in and out into different assignments. And, and that's a part of the movement of God in churches. And so we celebrate that we've had healthy, good, solid leadership. And we celebrate that as those step out, God calls others in to carry on. We've seen two today. By the way, I'm glad I'm no longer the new person on staff. Okay? Yeah, stick around a while. You'll, you'll gain seniority. But here's the point. Here's the point. In all of this that's going on at our church, right? One thing is constant. One thing is certain. One thing is unchangeable. It's Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? And He is the one who is at the helm of the ship. He is the one who is constantly guiding us through change or transition. You know, our church is on a vitality pathway, and, and what a wonderful time for that to happen. A time in when the congregation, you are invited to participate in, in prayerfully discerning what the, what the future of our church is. That you would have a greater ownership. That, that leadership would be encouraged and passed on to faithful men and women. That we together would engage in leading and guiding this church into this new century. You're involved in that. That's what Epic's about. It's about empowering people and inspiring change. And we want to be a culture here at Community Covenant that empowers people and inspires change. Now, we know as we move along that vitality pathway that there might be some bumps in the road. As we're working through, as we're discussing, as the eight vitality teams have been meeting already and, and doing their work, they're having to work out the, 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 just the, the messiness of, of relationships. And sometimes there's conflict or sometimes there's disagreement. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. It's, it's how we handle and how we move through that. And as we move ahead on this vitality pathway... We know that Jesus Christ guides us. He's in our heart. He's our anchor. We're excited about what He's doing. And He's given us His Word to guide and lead us. And 
to be the foundation of how we relate to one another in all of this. In your bulletin, or your worship guide, as Pastor Tyler reminds me to call it, you see a relational covenant. This relational covenant was put together by one of the vitality teams. And what this is for is to be a guardrail for us. As we move ahead down the vitality pathway, as we embrace the future that God has for us because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we can say, looking back, the past was great, but we anticipate the future to even be better. That that these are some guidelines as to how we relate to one another that will help us on the vitality pathway. And, and this begins with a culture of godly leadership that, that imparts this to others who lead in the church. To you. In your sphere of influence, in your relationships, in your networks. This isn't the law. They're guardrails to keep us relationally from going off the road. Okay? And that's important as we go down this pathway together. This is by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're guided into a relational covenant with one another. In accordance with Scripture and following Christ's example, we're called to express the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control by... And here are the, the points of the relational covenant. Treating all with dignity and respect. Speaking the truth in love and receiving truth in love at all times. Expressing love by choosing to speak only when it builds others up and benefits those who listen. Giving grace and forgiveness to all and being willing to receive grace and forgiveness. Giving compassion to all in need and being willing to receive compassion. Giving and receiving encouragement, acceptance, and hospitality to and from all. Humbly valuing others and placing their needs before our own. And seeking first to resolve conflict directly with those involved before involving others. That's wonderful that, that this is a guide as we move forward on the vitality pathway. Not because something's wrong or broken, because it's not. But that we would constantly trust and rely upon the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, and the life that Christ has given us to guide us as we relate to one another in this new and exciting time at Community Covenant. It's so important that you get involved. It's so important that you take ownership of this. Uh, I forget who said it, but they said, now is the time for all good men to come, what? To the aid of their country, right? Well, I would say this to you. Not in desperation, uh, not because things are bad, but because we live right now in our congregation in a season of opportunity. Now is the time for all of you to participate and come and be a part of what Jesus is doing in your church. If you're a spectator, get in the game. Coming to Epic on Saturday, I'd encourage you to do that. That's one of the ways to start. And so as a godly leader, I would want to say to you, follow me as I follow Jesus. 
But as we own ministry here together, as we take the mantle of the legacy that was started for us by our leaders in the past, and as we recognize that whatever we do is grounded in the Word of God, as we move forward imitating their example here at Community Covenant, right? Recognizing that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the one who is faithful to start this church and bring it to this place is going to be the one who will be faithful to lead us to a great future together. I would say to you, it's no longer follow me as I follow Jesus. But instead, we want to say to people, follow us. Follow us as we follow Jesus together. Amen? So worship team comes up. Let's pray. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. and Lord, I thank You for the heritage of godly leadership that we have. That we can look back or even look into the present around us and see all about us people whose lives of faith are worthy of our imitation. Thank You, Father, for that provision. That comes from You. And Father, I also thank You that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as He was faithful to start this church and sustain this church with a culture of godly leadership, so today we look forward to our future. Today we live into this relational covenant, Lord, with great hope and great expectation that the best is yet to come. Lord, would you prepare our hearts and would you challenge each of us? Would you lead us to involvement? Perhaps for some of us, that means signing up for Epic and getting involved that way. For others, maybe in children or youth or, or coming alongside of staff. Lord, I don't know. You do. But would you speak to each of us here? And Lord, would you place in our hearts an expectation of what you are birthing in this next season in the life of our church? And as you do that, we would be quick to thank you and praise you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.